Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 17 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles, joined, as always, by my mainest man, Willie Smalls, and the show must go on. This is a huge show for us. I do not feel well. I firmly believe that the NCAA seating committee got me sick. That's the vomiting. I yeah, went, I went to bed healthy and feeling strong, and I woke up, and the microchip has been compromised, and I don't feel great, but you know what? We're going to deal with it. We've got a huge show. we got Jake Herbert. He's going to be calling in in the next minute or so, um, talking about his match with Ed Ruth at FPL 5. I hope his hair can talk. I hope we actually hear from his hair. Maybe that's a question. If your hair could talk, Jake, what would it say? But elephant in the room, the thing everybody on earth is talking about, the NCAA seeds are out. The brackets are out. Everyone's filling them out. Um, And we're going to pick through them. With a fine-tooth comb. Fine-tooth comb. To the point that we're not going to get through everything bracket-related today. We're going to roll over a lot of stuff for tomorrow. Today we're, is just reserved for, for anger and bitterness towards the seeding decisions. Right. Strictly, strictly talking about seeds today. Tomorrow we'll get into the bracket breakdown and look at roads that people have and maybe project some things. But speaking of fine-tooth comb, um, Jake Herbert has a fine-tooth comb. Yeah, he was. He mentioned that, and he'll be calling here in the next minute or so. I told him ten oh two, but he can go ahead. And how about call, though? Call how about there. Shane Sparks though? Shane Sparks really got under your skin last night. No, I mean, we're not gonna get into that right now. I love Shane Sparks. I love the Sparknado. Um, it's ten oh two, and Jake's gonna be calling any second here. We're gonna get him joined in. But um, were you when you were watching Willie? Were you immediately like aghast, or did it take you a little while going back through to realize they were making some huge mistakes? Well, no, right out of the gate. I mean, you know, you see the you see the seeds come out, and right away, there's like shock value to them, right? You, you know that. Yeah. You know that something's off here. Yeah. Uh, What's up, Jake? How's it going, man? It's going fantastic, guys. Sprawl, sprawl, shoot. 
just doing my stance in motion right now for the next seven minutes. How? What's the longest you've ever done stance in motion? Uh, I did a stance in motion marathon, uh, <laughs> like a, like it's kind of like a walkathon back in high school, and we did a total of like I think it was like three months. Three months. <laughs> that was like every, yeah. Not bad. Well, that's fine. pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. I'm sure that that helped you with your positional discipline. So how are things going, Jake? How's training been? Um, you you're in the midst of a comeback. You've got had a couple competitions under your belt. How's everything been going for you? Fantastic. I mean, you can't call it a comeback if it's planned. There you, you know, go. That, that was that was a good thing. Um, you know, and, and it's it's going great. You know, I'm I'm 30 now, so I'm mature for my, you know, physically for my age, not uh, mentally or maturity wise, which is great. Um. <laughs> And all I think of myself every day is how lucky I am to do this, you know, taking two years off uh, and, you know, kind of doing some work, doing a little bit of like an internship, seeing what that real world is about and saying, what the hell am I doing going into this this early? You know, I, I still have the ability to wrestle and compete with the best people in the world. I'm going to do what I love, what I'm passionate about for as long as I can. And then, you know, life will come after that. Excellent. So, uh, yeah. So, you know, I couldn't be happier. I couldn't be in a better place. I couldn't have a better plan. All I keep thinking of, I was like, wow, I wish I knew everything I knew, you know, four or five years ago. Right, right. Really, really good. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. So you're slated to wrestle Ed Ruth. Um, what were your reactions when you first heard you, you would have an opportunity to wrestle him, maybe before the U.S. Open or before World Team Trials? What were you thinking when you found out this opportunity could come uh, at FPL 5? Oh, it was hell yeah. I mean, absolutely. Like, you want to wrestle with that. You, know, you guys know me. You know, I'll wrestle literally anybody, anywhere, anytime. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it doesn't matter who they are. Uh, you know, Keith Gavin and I were training partners. You know, I, I'm trying to get Clayton Foster to come out uh, for a training camp beforehand. Uh, I wrestle under the theory that the uh, the better my opponents are, the better I have to be to beat them. So, um, you know, I want Ed Ruth. I want Clayton Foster. I want Bill Ketty. I want John Reader. I want Keith Gavin to be the best that they can. And I'm even gonna, I'm going to help them get get better because the better they are, the better I'm going to get and the better it's going to force me to get. And I think that's just a mentality that uh, isn't used as much as it should be in the wrestling world. You know, we, we got to remember that there's, there's district high schools that won't practice one another because they want to, you know, win the district against each other. Well, Hey, you know, three districts over, you got two schools working together trying to be like the best in the state. And then you got other states working together to be the best in the country. And then you got other countries working together to be the best in the world. Uh, and that's just something that we kind of lose sight of, uh, in small-minded thinking, you know, from time to time in the wrestling world. Jake, you've uh, you've always been a guy that's been very, um, I don't, I don't want to say critical, but you take a you take a good deep look at uh, the structures of wrestling um, from all levels, from youth and how you build and grow the sport up through college and international too. Uh, and there's been a lot of changes uh, from the from FILA or uh, United World Wrestling as it's known now. What uh, but I haven't heard it in a while. I, I used to always hear from you about um, your thoughts on FILA and their structure. Uh, what, good, bad, or otherwise, um, do you think about the changes that United World Wrestling has made in the last year or so? Well, they're doing a great job, you know, but it, it, it's never going to be at the level of my satisfaction because my satisfaction level is too high. It's just like I'll never, you know, I can go through, like, the 2013 World Championships like Burroughs did. And, and not give up a point. And Jordan Burroughs can still look back and say, hey, I have things I need to adjust and learn from on, the, on that, you know, on that match and that improvement. You know, that's, that's our sport of wrestling. Unless I go out and pin everybody in 14 seconds, it's, it's never going to be perfect. Um, so I think that's the mentality that we have, and I think that's the mentality that our leadership lacks in the sport of wrestling, where a lot of them are just satisfied or happy with, like, the status quo and the way that things are going, where, you know, 
there's guys like me, um, you know, in Blaze of Glory, superstar, uh, who who are never satisfied. And I think that's the mentality we need to have to really get it to go. So, again, you know, I used to be a little bit more critical. And then, you know, having a good talk with Rich Bender, he's like, hey, if you're going to be so critical about something, why don't you do something about it? So Andy Robat and I have kind of gone into our caves and, uh, you know, I'm training and, and we're doing something about it. And, you know, we're starting at the level we can. I can't really have an impact at the FILA level or uh, the college level yet just because of my status and my position. You know, I can say things and voice opinions and stir up the crowd, but that's not going to get anything done. You know, where I can get things done is at the youth level. And, um, you know, this is a long-term plan. I'm in this thing for life, and I'm going to start at the youth level. I'm going to organize it. I'm going to show, you know, what we're doing, you know, how, how base wrestling, how this training system, how this approach to wrestling works, how it keeps kids in the sport, how it increases the retention, how it increases the physical development, how it is the best practice structure and is the best way to train. Um, you know, we're going to go all the way from the youth level, work our way up to high school, sorry, youth level to junior high, junior high to high school, um, you know, high school to college, college to elite, and then I'm going to be 50 years old, and you guys are going to be like, how the hell did you do all that? I'm going to be like, man, that was a lot of work, a lot of failing, a lot of trying, and, um, you know, we just stuck at it and went with it, and we believed in our plan, and we know what's going to happen, and we got the right people on board to help, and uh, it just all came together. So I'm, I'm really excited for the future of wrestling because, you know, one, I'm never going to stop, you know, trying to improve it. Excellent. Well, that's, that's definitely good to hear. Um, you're, you're going to be taking on Ed. What particular, um, you know, he presents some unique, unique challenges. What have you been training? Is there anything you've been working on a little more specifically geared towards this match? Yeah, man. Not letting him into my legs. That's key. The more time that he spends into my legs, the worse it's going to be for me. Um, you know, especially my right leg. I know he wants to get to my right leg and, you know, kind of do that long reach around with his arms. So I've been working on that. Cradles been specifically working on trying to, you know, get out and make sure I don't get into those. Uh, and just, just with Ed, you know, it's going to be good to get a feel with him and to move around. And, and I want it to be fun. It's not going to go out there and be a, a boring, you know, match where we just stand around and look at each other. You know, we're going to put points on the board. And, you know, I just believe that the more points that are scored, you know, the better, the better it's going to be for my outcome. And even if, you know, Ed riles up and gets up a lot, I, I know I'm a pinner. I know if I get him in the half Nelson, uh, there's no way he's getting out of it. You know, it's like the uh, the equivalent to the Kurt Angle ankle lock. You know, but there's no ropes to grab. To grab. So, uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I know. I know. I get anybody. Anybody. You can ask Jason Ness. He's Ness. Uh, you know, he even told me tightest half in the world. Um, you know, well, and, that's and high praise. We had a competition <laughs> in Hawaii about it. But yeah, nice. I mean, that's 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 it. So I'm I'm looking to wrestle. I'm looking to put in positions, and I'm I'm, I'm very excited to uh, get my hands on it. Nice. All right, one more question. I know you're training out in Michigan, and uh, they're yep. sending 10 to the big show. How much work do you do with those guys, specifically guys like uh, Huntley and Abinator, who I think both have looked really, really solid? Uh, Huntley uh, has Huntley has looked great this year, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, a lot. I mean, again, you know, we can't work out with them during the college practices. we got to work out with them during the Cliff King Wrestling Club practices. Mm-hmm. But it's just a huge asset having those guys, and especially a guy like Huntley – and a guy like Abinator. Abinator wants to win. I mean, he's got all the tools. He's a, a true sophomore, just turned 20. Um, you know, I, I see NCAA titles in his future, and I keep telling the guys, hey, listen, I'll teach you guys everything you need to know about the sport to get you to the national finals, but you guys got to win it. And, uh, I mean, I couldn't even be more proud of Max Huntley and what he's done this year. I mean, he, he's wrestled every top guy, with the exception of Jaden Cox and uh, Gaddison, and, it's, you know, He's in every match. He could have won every single match against Schiller, against, you know, Burak, against, mm-hmm. uh, with the exception of his first match against Schneider, 
Um, he's in all these matches, Macintosh. He's, he's like one takedown away, one scramble away from doing it. And it's just a matter of Max, you know, determining to do it in his mind. And I think, you know, this being the possibility of being one of his last tournaments, you know, he, he's got to decide next year if he's going to come back and wrestle um, or not. But, you know, we get him on the podium. You know, he's done a lot of hard work. He can be a national champion. He's probably one of the toughest guys to, to go with, uh, you know, in the room. And then, you know, Abinator's just that competitor he's just fun because you know when i beat him he just he wants more and he wants more he's gonna come ask me with everything he has so it's uh it's great to have those two guys to have you know Bormat and andy and you know trella kel and jimmy and everybody else we have here uh at, at the club so i'm very very you know blessed and, and lucky to have such a great training you know situation when do you leave jake i leave monday which is great monday i roll around with with ben Askren monday night to get my weight off to make weight Tuesday, I wake up. I do my morning routine. Uh, I get my hair braided sometime in the afternoon. Nice. Go. Oh, yeah. Excellent. Who's going to braid your hair? I got my girlfriend coming out. She's a professional. She did it for uh, She was a dance team captain at Michigan State. Okay. So she, she's good at that stuff right now. But Excellent. then we're off. I'd rather Does have any interest? Really good at it. Too. Does she have any interest but, being the uh, head coach of Michigan State? Um, you know, she's going to write a letter. This is her first Big Ten Championships, and um, she wasn't really happy with, uh, you know, their performance, but I just heard that Mink will just sign another three-year deal. Oh, I um, know. We're going to get to that. that. It's a little gut-wrenching. but um. Yeah, but, I mean, I, I don't know. You're going to talk to Matt Storniolo about his uh, theory on why having a program like Michigan State in the Big Ten is um, – you know, it's good for the sport. It's pretty good, it's pretty good conspiracy theory. I'd ask Okay. I'm really interested. Yeah. Maybe we'll have him on soon. Yeah, we'll have to do that. Well, Jake, uh, I appreciate you taking time out of your morning. I know you got stuff to do, and we kept you a little longer than we said we would. But thanks for coming on. We're looking forward to watching you Tuesday against Ed Ruth at FBL 5. So thanks a lot, Jake. I love you guys, man. I love you guys. I'll see you guys out there. Hey, thanks, Jake. See right. you Tuesday. Bye. See you guys. All right, there you have it, it's Jake always, Herbert. It's always fun, isn't he? Yeah, what a character. What a character. Just, well, why did I even have questions? Just, just let Jake go. Let Jake do Jake. You know what I mean? It's, uh, mm -hmm. He's always entertaining. But enough, enough, enough. Let's get to it, Willie. Um, All right, let's crush it. I'm ready. I'm prepared. Um, I've been waiting for this moment for all my life. Oh, Lord. Okay, so why don't you start? You wanted to get to uh, the wild cards. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, we said in the show yesterday that the wild cards system and, and the revelation of the wild cards aren't as earth shattering as they used to be. They're not maybe as interesting as they used to be. The, uh, most of the guys that should get in, get in. Um, there's not as egregious omissions as there used to be um, back in the in the day when when conferences did the voting thing. There's more of an analytical system now. Um, but that being said, uh, let's just tell you real quickly, we're not going to spend a lot of time on it, but we're going to say the guys, now these, these rankings um, are computer rankings based on Seton Hall Pirates computer projections. Shout out to him for um, making, him, making those available to us, but um, and, and frankly, just telling us what they were. Um, but these are the best guys that were left out and the worst guys that got in, according to Seton Hall Pirates uh, abacus. So 125, Carson Kuhn is the best guy out. He was ranked 24th. Juan Marquez of the Citadel was 
the worst guy in at number 42. Num uh, 133, Bryce Meredith, best guy out, number 33. Dom Malone, worst guy in at 34. So that was actually pretty pretty darn good. Uh, 141 was uh, messed up a little bit because of Todd Preston's injury. But next to him, uh, Devin Reynolds of Oregon State, 25th, was the best guy out. Um, Jesse Tilkey, worst guy in at number 39 with a 3-8 uh, and eight record going into Big Tens. 149, best guy out, Justin Arthur, 25. Worst guy in, Garrett Shaner, Stanford, 45. 157, Jarrett Jensen, 27. Brooks Martino, 42. Now, here might be the worst one. Uh, Garrett Hammond is the highest-ranked guy, according to Seton Hall Pirates, computer at number 20 and he was left out um but yet ty ty white from columbia at number 50 got in that was the second lowest ranked guy to get in 174 keaton subject was 23 ethan smith of uvu worst guy to get in at 46 184 jared kusinick of american was 29 jack mckeever got in he was 39 197 cole baxter was 26 he didn't get in but Jake Trindle of SIUE at 57 did get in. That is the lowest-ranked guy to get in the whole tournament, according to Seton Hall Pirate, 57. And heavyweight Mike Hughes at 29 did not get in. J.J. Everhart of South Dakota State did at 41. So those are the guys, uh, best guys left off the board, worst guys to get in. Right. Okay. Uh, we good there? We're good there. All right. We're we going to get the, to the big stuff here. Now let's uh, let's rant. Okay, so the seeds came out. I, I feel like there's there's a lot of different reactions to a lot of different things. Um, why don't we just start at 125? I want to start with the the, the Elgato situation. Uh, a lot of griping over him uh, not getting seated. I had no, uh, I actually had no issue with that. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't understand. You know, there's a lot there's a lot to gripe about with the seeds this is one that i don't understand all the all the noise about uh, jesse delgado not being seated his best win on the year was tim lambert who's unseated right yeah unseated and that was overtime yeah so uh i get it two-time champ uh i get it um well, that, but that's that's what has to be the reaction right the reaction has to be nation uh jesse delgado is a two-time champ and he's not seated how this is crazy well no, it's not. It, it does need to be about this year to a degree, and even though I still have him ranked um, that he would be seated, it's it's just different. I know that they ha they're hamstrung by what they can look at, but that's let's just get to the one that um, I I had nightmares about was Sean Boyle getting the five seed over Thomas Gilman. Yes, he beat Gilman, but um, do you know about Sean Boyle's year? Like anybody, I'm talking the NCAA committee here. Um, Sean Boyle, yeah. hold on. I can't stop now. It's one win, one good win over Thomas Gilman, one shared by Nathan Tomasello, okay? But he lost to Petrov, Jeske, and Moisey, an unranked, unranked, and barely ranked guy. So he had three just bad, uh, bad losses, and he gets a five-seat. Gilman has been an absolute rock, losing only to very, very, very good wrestlers with a number of uh, elite wins. And he ends up with the six. I just yeah, I don't, I don't get it. And you, you know, like I said, 
as soon as the seeds came out, as soon as they appeared on the board, you knew something was sketchy. And uh, this is the first one that kind of makes you say they were being very, they were having selective reasoning, right? Because you look at Sean Boyle at five and you look at Thomas Gilman at six and you go, all they looked at was the head-to-head -head at national duels because the, it's impossible that they looked at total body of work. That's a, that's a clear indication that all they took into consideration was uh, the head-to-head -head at national duels. There's no other way to think of it. Yeah, I, I, I really was scratching my head over that. Now get this one. Dylan Peters... Returning All-American, okay, he was like six. Doesn't matter. That six doesn't, less. Matter. doesn't matter, but I'm giving you perspective. Very good wrestler, okay? He's only lost to the one, two, and three seeds, okay? Right. He beat number four Tomasello, okay? And he's the yep. nine. Right. So he beat number four. He's only lost to the top three seeds, and he's the nine seed behind someone, uh, behind Boyle, who lost no, to a, a list of three so it drives me nuts. I want answers. Uh, yeah, well, tomorrow, um, hopefully we're going to have someone on that was on the seating committee. That's something we're working for. Pretty much confirmed we're going to have someone on. So um, we'll be able to talk to them and maybe get a little explanation. And I think a lot of what upsets people is that you God, just – I hope it's not a bunch of – I hope it's not a bunch of just deflection because there has to be answers for this. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I'd, I don't understand where where's the hesitancy to uh, revealing process um, to to a high degree. I mean, just get very explicit, very specific, because what is there to hide? I mean, it's, if it's a good process or a bad process, whatever it is, you believe in it enough to right. to seed let's, it. So let's let's, uh, let's, see let's it. keep the train rolling. Let's go to 30. Let's go to 33. 33. I was um, actually and I said this on Twitter. I was kind of OK with 33. Didn't think there was anything. You're okay with 33. Uh, move a couple little things, but relative to what I saw elsewhere, just massive um, injustices. Yeah, what, what's your gripe at 33? Well, first of all, I think. All right, so I, I have a whole list of guys that were at large guys, not counting the Big 12. Uh, so at large guys that still got a seed. And Mac McGuire is one of them. Can you please explain to me how Mac McGuire got seated? No. Justify that. No, I, Justify no. that. No, I can't. I can't explain that. But I don't get wrapped up in a 16 seed. Um, it's. I mean, you don't get wrapped up in it, but it still has to be explained. I mean, how is that possible? I, I I'm not sure. Maybe it's not a big deal to you because it's a 16, and he's going to hit a one in the second round, so it'll all wash out. It doesn't matter. It doesn't. I mean. It doesn't matter that he's going to hit a one next. It matters that the process is obviously goofy. Uh, so, Mac McGuire, I don't know how he got a 16. What is your thoughts on Shop? Because Shop as a nine jumps out to me. He only has two losses. Yes, one of them is recent. Uh, and the other one's to Zane Richards. So, I mean, a nine? Really? Uh, I'm okay with it. I think I have him ranked eighth in my individual rankings. you got to understand... Um... There's no one ahead of him with a loss as bad as the one to Ronnie Perry. And when you consider he's been out since Midlands, so he's out since Midlands, he comes back and he loses to Ronald Perry. Um, for me, and I don't know how it works with their process, but for me it's like this is probably a different guy. Um, so you don't just – you can't just brush off a loss like that when you missed – 
months of of action. Well, so I was maybe, okay. I with don't that. know. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe in that computer thingy, he doesn't have elite wins because he's been out so long. But I don't he beat know. Beat Ryan Not, Taylor. Maybe that's just a knee jerk reaction to seeing a nine. Yeah. Well, he pinned he pinned Ryan Taylor this year. So okay, he's, he's got so some there. pretty good wins. Um, but the loser in the shop seed, in my opinion, the big loser is Chris Dardanes. Potentially yeah. having him in the in the if if shop's right now if shop's not shop then it's not gonna matter but if shop's shopish it's gonna be that's a problem that's a problem yeah. for Dardanes um and uh, yeah they're yeah. got to be a Especially, little nervous there I like shop's path to the quarters you know I think he beats Devoy um, okay so I mean McGuire and Shopper what we're talking about at 33 otherwise um, I guess for both of us. Not that, not that bad at 33. 41, Christian, who you got? Uh, cannot wrap my mind around the Devin carter Levon May seating. Oh, my um, God. Uh, I saw that. I, I was, that. I was dumbfounded when I saw that come across the screen. Levon May's um, third in his conference, mind you. Not that I really like conference placements, but he lost. You, you have to lose to someone, and the two, one person he lost to was Chris McCotty who is fine, and he's also lost to Zach Haran, okay? Those are not, um, for a three seed, those are pretty bad losses. Consider Devin Carter's losses. To Mays at three makes absolutely, positively so no sense. It, the seeding at 141 is so myopic. It's so like, just like I said, Sean Boyle's one win over Thomas Gilman has to be the only deciding factor. It's just the same way at 141. Follow the breadcrumbs here. They're looking at Mays over Jeva at National Duels, Jeva over Dardanes at Big Tens. The, Mays is a three, Jeva is the five, Dardanes is the six. And body of work is probably opposite that, right? Or no? Um, I don't know if it's opposite. I have Mays behind all those guys. Um, just, exactly. Because um, how can you how can you lose to Makati? on the last weekend of the season and still maintain your uh, seed over Jeva who beat Dardanes on the last weekend of the season. And Abaddon. Um, I don't know. I have no, no idea. No, hey, Abaddon's a complete other thing. Um, if Explain to me for one second, try to justify – Abaddon being seated below Anthony Ashnall. I I don't know. I can't. I cannot figure it out. I was. He beat him twice. Twice and even without that, he was just better all year. Like he was better than Abaddon uh, all season. You know. No, Ashnall. He was. Abaddon was better. Or yeah, than yeah. Abaddon was better than Ashnall all year long. So uh, I I don't get it at all. I can't figure that out. I mean, Ashnall lost to you know Rodriguez. Um, of Illinois, that's not a very good. It's not a very good loss, and Abaddon's beaten him twice. Uh, and you know one thing, I'm looking at this, uh, looking at the bracket again, and they've got Abaddon's, or excuse me, um, I want answers. They've got Carter down there for three losses, which he has. He does have three losses, but one of them is at 149 to Sal Mastriani. Teammate, it's his teammate. First but all, but not his teammate. Not not forget that it's his teammate. It was at a different weight. So so you can't factor. Uh, he's being judged against other 141 pounders. You can't do because um, 
that's that's the only thing that is coming to my mind. Oh, he has another loss. I mean, how uh, dumb can you be? How dense uh, can you be? It I makes know, no so sense stupid. at all. And the guy's only lost to Steburn Port. He loses to the one and the two. Handles Dardanes, which um, you know is kind of Dardanes losing to Jevo is kind of maybe the linchpin for all this change. Um, well, that's another which thing is I, dumb. We'll which get is to in, in a couple weights, uh, but there was a couple results on the last weekend of the season that completely changed around brackets. Jeva beating Dardanes completely changed the 141 pound bracket because if Jeva doesn't win that, maybe. Um, Probably DC is on the other side of the bracket. Wait, what? If Jeva, if Dardanes beats Jeva, don't you think Carter gets to? Well, maybe not. I I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I just don't understand why. It, it, to me, Devin Carter has to be on the other side of the bracket. Yeah, I, I there's no explanation. Um, and it was pretty widespread. People. Uh, even Missouri fans that are like, wow, um, I don't get it, but we like it. But it, it makes no sense whatsoever. There's no, there's, there's no way to justify 141. There really isn't. You can't. There's uh, nothing you could tell me tomorrow that would make me see. Oh, I understand now. Thank you. I'm glad you got this right. Levon Mays three. Great, great job. Great job. Okay. And um, just again for the sake of uh, clarity, uh, for the at large that didn't. Uh, well, Mike Morales, I guess yeah, it is a big, big twelve. But so nobody, nobody outside the big, um, nobody outside the at large getting a seat at 141. Let's move to 149, where there's still uh, more ridiculousness, and everybody is going to focus and circle on this group of four um, with Habit Kindig first round. Yeah, that's. I mean, you act like Kindig hadn't wrestled half the year. He missed like he wrestled. Um, so the way I do rankings is every week's you know a different week, and there were like 17 or 18 weeks. He the he wrestled in week 16. Okay, he missed like one week and then conferences. So well, are, are we punishing him for missing conferences? Well, I'm, this is this is what doesn't make sense to me, right? And it's so super poetic that Kindig and Habit wrestle first round. It to me is so poetic. Like, okay, so. So Habit loses in his conference tournament, right? Right. But so, but that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because he get he gets a three seed. He takes a loss. Doesn't matter. Gets a three seed. Kindig doesn't wrestle in his thing, but that does matter. He doesn't wrestle in his conference tournament, but that does matter because he goes from a surefire seed to being unseated. So you have these two guys that are completely, their seeds are diametrically opposed and they're wrestling the first round. Right. Um, it, I, can't, I can't make sense of it um, for, for Kendig's sake. I mean, it's a guy, he won the scuffle. He beat Drake Howdeshell. He beat, um, he beat the one seed. He beat, he beat the one seed, which there's questions why. I mean, I'm not mad at Drake being one, but I wouldn't have put him at number one. I don't believe he's earned that. Um, but Josh deserves to be seated. I mean, my gosh, wait till you hear Sal Mastriani's season and let me know. Um, well, that, I mean, there's, there's, there's so many in this thing. Uh, tons, tons. Uh, Kindig being unseated is uh, 
certifiable. It's ridiculous. Are you, are you, you guys need to be institutionalized maybe. It's ridiculous. But then, but there's other ones, right? Uh, Mastriani goes 0-2 at ACCs. Again, and, and Kindig doesn't wrestle at his Kindig doesn't wrestle at his conference tournament and is punished. Sal Mastriani does and goes 0-2 and is rewarded with the seven seed. Seven seed. And let's not pretend Sal Mastriani, who awesome kid, know him a little bit, but let's not pretend he's some he's had some amazing year. I had him like 18th or something or 12th coming into the uh, conferences. Here's his losses on the year. Pantaleo, it's not a bad loss. DNQ, which did not qualify Arthur. DNQ, uh, Rodriguez. So he lost to three guys with um, TJ Miller that didn't even qualify for the tournament. So he lost to Rodriguez, Arthur, and Miller, who didn't even <laughs> qualify. The most, he lost to three non-qualifiers and gets the seven. And he lost to Pagdaleo. Who got the 10? I mean, do they just not consider if you lose to a not qualifier, it's like, well, we're just judging you against the 33 that made it. Like that really, that literally could be a thing, Willie, as, as nonsensical as it is. sounds. It's probably a thing. And he beat Bites, which, okay, but they don't think a lot of Bites. They put him at 12. And he beat Lenny Richardson, which is probably what it is. And they can't, they cannot, here's the problem. They can't even wrap their minds around putting someone ahead of someone else when they lost to him, apparently. I mean, it's it's so dumb. Oh, I mean, that's oh. like that's like rudimentary level ranking. Like, you got to get over a guy loses to someone well, else. That doesn't mean you get to pass him. It certainly didn't matter with Drake Howdeshell. He lost to Josh Kindig, and Kindig's not even freaking seated. Right. That's what I mean. Sometimes, sometimes they're like. Sometimes you can follow the breadcrumbs, right? Pantaleo beat Mastriani, so he's a six. Mastriani can't possibly go ahead of him. He's a seven. Same thing with Gilman and Boyle. Uh, the same thing with Mays and Jeva. Uh, but other times it's, I mean, he lost to Pagdaleo, who's 10. Yeah. yeah there's. I, I, I don't get it. It's uh, it's ridiculous. Um, so how does Shelt gets the one? He lost. How does, to, yeah, let's, I'm going to talk about it. He lost to Kendig. Surtis gets the two. He lost to number four, Sorensen. So they think a lot more of Sorensen than Kendig. And, oh, by the way, Surtis avenged that loss. Oh, by the way, he also beat Dave Habit. But um, no, we're gonna give Surtis the two for for what reason? I that that is I I can't figure it out, Willie. How is Surtis the two and how to shelter the one? Better wins, Surtis. Uh, excusable, more excusable losses, Surtis. So so what do you have? What do you have? Well, I mean. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I mean, I can't. How can you make sense of it? It's hard for me to talk about it. It doesn't make sense because Kindig beat Hattishell, lost to Sorensen. But Sorensen's the four behind Habit, who lost to an unranked guy on conference weekend. Or, or, or not an unranked guy, but like a 19. Uh, uh, what's Claggins, the 15 seed? Yeah. You know, uh, I, I don't know. I throw my arms up in the air. I, I, I can't figure it out. Yep, I can't either. I mean, Sorensen did have the loss to Brody Grothis, so I don't know how they're factoring that in. Hopefully not too much, but possibly uh, a substantial amount. I can't figure figure it out. The one and two really bothered me. The Mastriani at seven. Um, you could probably ask Sal, and he would probably tell you this. Uh, I don't really get that. Virginia Tech. That ha- that's one get... of the worst seeds I can think of it's, in a long time. It's inexplicable. I'm, uh, I was aghast when I saw that. 
And uh, you I lose think... to three non-qualifiers and 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 get to seven. Not like a not like a thirteen. You get the seven seed. The seven. Like if he had, yeah exactly. If he gets the fifteen, the thirteen, even the twelve, it's like okay, whatever. They're weird, but uh, I get it, I guess, because he did have some nice moments. But the freaking seven, seven seed. That is so uh, tremendous. That's such a. I mean, that's a that's a high seed. But guess what? We're gonna bring it up again because we brought it up every show. One forty nine is not very good. And maybe this is part of the point, but still, uh, they screwed it up. That doesn't get them off the hook. No, no, I'm not not saying. It it might not be very good. It might not be very deep and and full of guys that are um, a a tier above everybody else. But it doesn't get them off the hook for the simple fact that they have a body of evidence and they choose to ignore it or they choose to go in some different tangential direction. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what tangential means. Um, okay. 57. <laughs> 57. Um, so we figured out a little bit. Some, part of the seating criteria is having the last name Boyle um, because John Boyle, the recipient of the eight seed, um, that's that's pretty stunning. Losses to Scheidel, uh, Kerr Brown, Staudenmeyer, Joel Smith, Mackert, and DeAngelis. Um, apparently... Did not get that memo at the NCAAs. He's got some nice-ish wins. You know, he beat DeAngelis in LaValle. Good job there. But uh, do we just ignore um, those sins? Perhaps that's that's what's going on here. I didn't really understand that one, Willie. Any 57 thoughts for you? I got nothing at 57, to be honest. You, Boyle didn't uh, stand out to you? Uh, no, no. Boyle has some good wins. Mm. Does he not? I mean, I just named him. I didn't think that uh, DeAngelis. Uh, I mean, what, what's your other options? Your other options is, is who? Um, Lavalley. Who he Lavalley has eleven. And losses. guess what? AB, don't look. Who cares how many times we lost? We don't know. Um, yeah, I think there's no. a, there's a couple people with, that could be higher than him. A number of them. Anyways, if you, if you're, uh, I mean, I, to me, it's nitpicky. That's nitpicky. Okay. All right. I mean, certainly in uh, when when you put it next to the other ones, when you put it next to forty nine and thirty three, um, John Boyle at eight doesn't seem. Oh, that's much um, worse than anything that happened at thirty three, Willie. It is. Oh my! Yes. Remember, I didn't even have any gripes about thirty three for the most part. Well, you should you should have. No, you should have right. at fifty seven. Uh, the one, the one sticking point at fifty-seven is John Boyle. I, I, I'm He's over. an eight seed, Willie. He's been care. a gatekeeper, borderline rank guy all year. You don't care. It's it's no different than um, Mastriani. It's the same thing. One seed lower. All right. I mean, it doesn't. I, it, I you can't force me. To, I to really, I want to you to really be invested in this. I, I really don't. I need you to me. care about this. I need you. It to, really doesn't bother me. I need to feel your anger. In my headphones. Okay, <laughs> fine, fine, fine. Let's uh, let's go to 165. 165. Now, here is where I really get up in arms. Not up in arms, but okay. So Bo Jordan is the five. Mm-hmm. Um. I I don't I didn't wish that anybody won that match. I just think it would be really interesting to like travel back in time and if Bo Jordan wins that match to see where he's seated. I, I mean, just to see. Yeah, he's. I uh, gotta figure two or as three. As it stands, yeah. As it stands now, um, Bo Jordan 
I, and we said we're not going to project and we're not going to do the bracket breakdown thing, but huh, it's undeniable. His road is going to be Palacio, Sulzer, Derringer to get to the finals. That ain't happening. I'm just saying. I'm just Isn't saying. that crazy? That's crazy. Uh, Delgado's road is ridiculous too, but but Bo Jordan's road is going to be grueling. So um, so Bo's the five. Moreno the two, Jordan the three. Um, uh, thoughts on that, Christian? Um, I mean, Palacio to me seems low at the twelve, but I don't, I don't know. He, you know, what are his wins? He ain't done much this year, to be honest. Uh, missed missed half the year. Didn't start till the scuffle. Lost to Coleman Gracie, uh, a win he later advantage. He beat more. Um, you know, and that may be his best win all year. Uh, honestly, lost to March Deller and Gracie. So. Um, 12 is probably fair. I haven't ranked 11th, so okay. So I'm cool. So with what it. are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? What you look at 65? What do you see? I I think they did it okay. Some people griped about the Warner Cooper Moore um, ranking seating or whatever. I have Cooper one spot ahead of Tristan. Um, it, it's close, but I think uh, I, I'm I'm fine with Tristan being ahead of Cooper. I think it, they had fairly comparable seasons and they split on the year, even though Cooper won. The most recent one, and that's another thing. I'm not sure the the timing in which you win or lose matters at all. And I, I don't know if I I don't know <laughs> I if don't that think it does. I don't know if that that bothers me, but it's a it's an observation. That yeah, I don't think it does. I mean, like we said, Mays lost on the last week of the year. Mastriani lost 0 and 2. Habit lost to unranked. I mean, it must not matter, but it I guess, but it does matter to Kindig. I don't know. It's yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, okay. So I, I yeah. I don't have much at fifty-seven or sixty-five, but um, seventy-four. Uh, yeah. This was a really ske- another sketchy now one. Now we for get me. back to our regular scheduled program, right? Of, just, of stupidity. Uh, <laughs> there's some that are so egregious, and some that just pop off the page. And Logan Storley as a six. That's pretty crazy. Um, been top four all year. I guess what, what we're seeing, oh, he lost to Butler, so Butler's got to go ahead of him. So Butler's the five. Never mind the fact that Tyler Wilps has beaten Blaze Butler yeah. twice now right? and sits at the eight seed. So it didn't apply for Tyler, but it applied for, for Blaze uh, and Storley. So it, it's just like sometimes that head-to-head, you can see. Help me out here. Okay. Help me out here, Christian. In what uh, alternate reality does Johnny Eblen deserve to be seated ahead of Logan Storley? I I am not sure. I don't know how to answer that question. Um, he's been pretty solid this year. I'll give him that. But you know, he loses to Cody Walters uh, last week, which is a not a bad loss, but certainly not a good one. Um, hey, all right. I'll let you continue that thought. Go ahead. But but you know his best win all year is probably over over Wilps the eighth seed. Um, how you get to jump uh, all the guys he got to jump? I I can't I can't really make sense lose, of it. How do you lose to Walters? How do you lose to Walters? Get the four seed ahead uh, ahead of uh, Storley, and yet Walters is the nine. Walters has one loss on the year. Yeah, to. Uh, Mahomes, which for all we know, that's 
probably not a bad loss. Devontae Mahomes it's was like not a bad loss. He was like a top ten guy before he, you know his season was done, or he was ranked fairly high. He was doing well. So it's one like, loss. Cody Walters beats the four seed and gets the nine. And that's so. it's almost identical. Wow, it's kind of eerily identical to the um, Dylan Peters, um, Sean Boyle thing, where you got one loss that's pretty good. And you beat a really high-seeded guy and no love. So it's like, what do you need? Um, what does it take? I, I can't um, – it, it's hard to talk about it because you just don't – you're just trying to figure out or crack the code or see what they're doing, and I don't see it. I can't figure yep. it out for the life of me. And what they, – they need help, man. And um, They need help. What, they need help. What, it's bad. Uh, now – you know, Eblin at the four jumps off the page at you. Logan Sturley at the six jumps off the page at you. And uh, Cody Walters got hosed. And in the big spectrum kind of thing, um, Robert Kokish is up top away from the, the big three. Yeah. Um, and we'll get to that tomorrow. But uh, <laughs> that you have to bring that up because – for the whole entire year, I mean, maybe really for the last three years, everybody's talking about uh, those four guys. And now in their senior season, uh, Coke is going to be up top, away from the other three. That's huge for him. Let me uh, something that I noticed. I think has to be brought up too, uh, and I don't, I don't quite know where they where they sit with this. Uh, obviously, uh, the non seated guys they just kind of draw in, I guess. Um, completely random ra- random but um the first four guys in the bracket are big 10 guys yeah it's it's random um but uh, like i think there should be consideration i think i think if they do that and it's automated and the, the first four guys are big 10s they should be like you know what let's let's mix it up let's just move one guy here and one guy there and we're gonna see that at our next weight um I'm going to bring up something uh, the same, a different conference, but conference considerations. Yeah. So anything else at 74 before we move to 84? No, that was that was pretty much it. Eblen uh, couldn't couldn't figure that one out at all. So I'm good with I'm good to head to 184. And anything stick out to you there, Willie? At 84? Yeah. Well, the first thing, there's two things. I I don't know exactly if um, if I take issue with any of the seedings except maybe Nate Brown but uh what what jumps off the page at me 84 the top four seeds have a combined five losses that's pretty darn impressive yeah it's a it's a tough and, uh, and the, tough the, the the guy that has the most losses is the top seed Gabe Dean correct correct and I'm I'm fine with that I think he's proven yeah I'm fine with that too I'm just saying but it doesn't make sense with any pro uh, yeah I don't know I, I bet you there's not I bet you there's not uh, another weight where the top four seeds have just uh, five losses. Yeah. Um, I mean, you got you got Dean at uh, 39 and two. Uh, Thomas at 24 and one. Who's his only loss to? Dean. Dean. Uh, Dean. He got pinned, right? Yeah. Uh, Stoffer is 34 and one. He's a three seed. And Decal is 29 and one. Mm-hmm. Both three and four have losses to. Um unseated guys, Stauffer losing to Quartz and Dekau losing to Miklas. Meanwhile, Nate Brown has only lost to the number one and number two guys in the country. And how do you, so how does that happen? Seven. How does, how does uh, Nate Brown, 
lose only to the number one and number two and get the seven? I don't, I don't know. Um, they could they could potentially hide behind. Uh, not that many elite wins. Not necessarily his fault. He's not. Yeah. You know, he's been in tournaments with Lorenzo Thomas, but hadn't been able to wrestle him. You know, he's been uh, his best wins probably Avery this year. I want to say so. That's not that's not an amazing amazing win, but. He's only, I mean, he's been solid, and Lehigh doesn't wrestle a soft schedule, and he only loses to um, mm-hmm. the two best guys in the country. What do you want from him? Uh, there's really nothing else he could have done. He was right, stuck now, at the seventh seed no matter what. Now, this is something I was saying at the previous weight. At 174, the top four guys, uh, not in the seeds, but the top four guys in the bracket are all Big Ten guys, and I wish they would take some con- conference consideration for that and where they put them in the bracket. And this is kind of the same thing. I know that maybe Nate Brown deserved the seven, and I know that maybe Lorenzo Thomas deserved the ten, but I don't like the fact that they're going to hit second round and they're in the same conference. I mean, couldn't you make Thomas the eleven or Brown the six or something so that they didn't have to hit the first round? I just don't like that. It doesn't sit well with me. Oh. Uh, thoughts on that? Who cares? Wrestle someone in your conference. Who cares if you wrestle someone in your conference first round? I mean, adjust the seeds to I mean, avoid second-round conference matchups? I mean, really? We're complaining about the seeds, and you want to move guys around so they don't hit someone in the second round? I mean, imagine if we, if we tried if to do that with the Big Ten. And it's, and it's different if it's the Big Ten, and there's 12 guys at the weight from the conference. You almost have you almost your hands are tied. But when it's EIWAs or ACCs or something, I mean, Jesus, you wrestled these guys 50 freaking times. I mean, I don't know. I think that I think it can be avoided. Yeah, um, I just don't care about that at all. I don't care if you wrestle guys from your conference in the first round. It just doesn't. Yeah. I don't get it. All I right, guess we're different well, there. Uh, yeah, we disagree there. Uh, now, 197, I thought um, that this was one of the worst seeds oh, of, the whole, of the whole thing. Uh, not, not the whole bracket, but I think that Connor Hartman at number 10 is just mind-blowingly stupid. Yeah, um, they hit him hard. He had, a, he had one bad loss, and um, they, they crushed him for it. He lost to Anthony Abro, which... Uh, not not good and you look at his his season and not look at the fact that he was a returning all-american and he beat some really good guys last year just look at um you know what he did this year the wins really aren't there riddick um beasley the there's just not a lot you know jared hot who barely qualified so he hasn't beaten the the level guys you might expect to so so in a way um, he kind of gets screwed, but he's kind of a victim of his schedule in a way there. Even though he wrestled at the Southern Scuffle, um, it, it just it, it wasn't the most egregious. But you know, having Abayala that high at the seven, um, you know, and he, that's really Abe's uh, the one ninety seven is really good at EIWAs. Uh, so he had a lot of opportunities to wrestle rank guys, unlike Connor. Um, but he lost to Bethia. Well, I mean, Jace Bennett is the nine. Yeah, well, I have him ranked ninth in the country, so great job, NCAA. Well, okay, but you're telling me that Jace Bennett, with ten losses, deserves a higher seat than Connor Hartman with two? No. Oh, is that what you're telling me? I'm not telling you that. I'm telling. Okay, you. well then they messed up. Yeah, but he's got more. But Jace has better and more wins. So I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you what happened. Uh, I'm not telling you that. To that offsets it. ten. Losses ten. Yeah, and he Jake had some Jace had some stinkers in there too. 
Lewis, um, Jake Smith, um, Owen Scott, who I think is his teammate. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Beats me. He's a, Two he, losses to 10? Yeah, and not good losses. Not like he lost to Jaden and Kyven exclusively. Bad losses. How does that happen? It's gross. I want yeah. answers. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Hartman did beat Zach Nye twice also. ACC bow. But, you know, that's not a – you know, it's a good win. It's a good win. So, I, I don't get it. Um, I don't understand Hartman at the 10. Um, it's not the most egregious. It's one I could at least figure out how they came to the conclusion, unlike many of these other ones. All right. So, um, heavyweight. Moving on to heavyweight. Christian, what do you see there? Um, any any um, seating gaffes? No, I'm. I was comfortable with all the decisions. Um, you know, Marsden maybe is a little high, but um, at the four. But I'm not going to get upset. But it's one. It's one of those things. Yeah, he beat Coon. He's won a lot of matches. He's only lost to like Gwiz and Telford. Um, so I, I, I suppose I understand. Even though if I was seating it, I would. Well, there's have... a case. There's a case too, right? You were just talking about Hartman, who's lost, I guess, to Abro. Yeah, I mean, that's the one thing you can possibly cite for um, him getting a ten. Uh, that's not the case with Marsden, who, whose two losses are very high quality, but. Who does who has Marsden beat? He beat Coon. And, so what? Yeah, well, that's a pretty freaking good win. You asked too. It's better than anyone Connor Hartman beat, relatively speaking. Is it better than Zach Knight? Is it better than is it better than who Connor Medbury beat? Um no, Medbury beat um he beat a lot of good guys this year. He beat McMullen, I believe, and Coon as well. Um so yeah, I would have probably Medbury over uh, over Marsden. That I would have right. no no issue with right. that whatsoever. Right now, here's the thing. Just like I said at seventy four and uh, yeah seventy four. Think about this. On the bottom half of the bracket, a heavyweight. There are seven. Count them. Seven Big Ten wrestlers. Mm-hmm. That doesn't strike you as just amazing. Um, Seven of the 16 are from one conference, including a first-round matchup between Telford and Myers. You also have uh, a Jensen and Kuhn first-round matchup. Um, so a lot of a lot of Big Ten guys down there right off the bat. Uh, and Walls, okay. So Walls, I was talking about earlier, guys that had to get an at-large and still get a, a, a seed – still were able to get a seed. Um, Virginia Tech had two of them. Sal Mastriani had had to get an at-large and got a seven. Ty Walls had to get an at-large and got a ten. And I'd pro- I bet you they'd probably trade both those seeds for a Devin Carter oh, three yeah. spot. Those are like, <laughs> are those like makeup calls or something? Yeah, right? I mean, geez, it doesn't fix anything. Still screws Devin more than maybe any other wrestler was screwed because the the gravity of the situation being on the being the four sometimes it doesn't really make a difference cuz it's an even weight you got Logan up right. there and he right. should have port in the semi just plain and simple those are the second and third best guys that's been proven 
in and, a uh, typical in a typical year, maybe the three and the four wouldn't be so um, tough to swallow. But when you have a freak of nature like Logan Steber, uh, you know, or, or in years past you had a guy like Ed Ruth or, or David Taylor, uh, you, you know, the three the difference between the three and the four really matters. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So he, um, he definitely got. Also, up. hey, we, we got a couple minutes. Let's talk about um, the Big Twelve situation. If if you don't know, um, most of y'all probably know that the Big Twelve is not an automatic qualifying. It's almost not even considered. It's not considered a qualifier. Um, so all of their bids are considered at larges. Um, I want to take a moment and talk about. Uh, the Shane Tucker situation. Shane Tucker wins Big 12s, and by win Big 12s, I mean he won one match um, because Kendig forfeited. But still, he won his conference tournament, and he didn't get in. Yeah, it's it's tough because it, that was a not a bad weight at the Big 12 because Marino was there as well um, as Kendig. So... Um, yeah, there's a there's a legitimate gripe there for for Tucker and the Big 12's got to, um, in, in a way it's I don't want to say their fault but they need to figure something out a while ago before it got to this point and uh, I think next well, year there, there's be... some yeah there's some debate about that too uh, because some people are saying well it's not fair to the Big 12 because they're not really a qualifier you can't wrestle your way in and Shane Tucker won the conference and he didn't get in uh, Mark Branch entered NCAAs or, or the Big 12 conference with a with an 8 and 9 record and the only reason he got in was because he wrestled his way in he was afforded the opportunity to wrestle his way in and he did that and then wrestled his way to a national title and uh, if this was a situation for Mark Branch uh, 20 years ago, Mark Branch would not even have been in the NCAA tournament. And if Hunter Steber was in the Big 12, he wouldn't have. Um, if if Hunter Steber was in the Big 12, he wouldn't be wrestling this week, next weekend. Correct. Um, so there are there's a lot of people saying that they uh, the Big 12 has a tough go of it because they can't wrestle their way in. Uh, where every in every other conference, you can wrestle your way in. Uh, However, there are some people that are saying, hey, Big 12 got off easy because they got a lot of breaks. They got a lot of breaks. They didn't, you know, they got guys in that maybe they shouldn't have got in. So it's half, you know, six of one, half a dozen of the other. Um, what are your thoughts on the Big 12 situation, how they uh, determine the, how they get their wild cards in? Is it beneficial? Is it um it, does it go against them, and what could be the solution moving forward? Well, it just puts a uh, an absolute premium on the regular season, uh, and you got to do well there. And Shane Tucker not getting in, while may, it may seem unjust, uh, it, it definitely makes sense when you consider his entire season. So um, I yeah. don't I don't get too caught up in that. I think the Big Twelve's got to fix their problem. They need to align with the conference and. Um, not put themselves at this kind of risk because you know what? What if Kendig hurts his hamstring week two and he has to miss a lot of time and then he can't come back and then he wins his conference and doesn't go? Um, that's that's when it's really a problem. Unfortunately, I don't think the Big 12 got screwed on that level. So, um, yeah, I, they, they, they need to figure it out. They, I think I heard they're going to join with the WWC, um, which I think would be great. 
So hopefully that's what it comes to, and then they don't have to worry about this problem anymore. Um, okay. Uh, so tomorrow, we're going to have a big day tomorrow. Um, we're going to have a guest on. I guess we, we can say who it is, right? I mean, uh, Yeah, I believe Jason Borelli, uh, head coach of Stanford, is going to be on. That's the plan right now. Um, you know, he's, he's in the middle of getting his guys ready for NCAA. So, and plus, we have this on at 7 in the morning, uh, West Coast time. So, there's the, so we're going we're gonna to make Jason get up early. He'll be up, doing the show in his pajamas. In his Stanford PJs and bedhead, maybe. But, um, but he's, he's agreed and is willing to come on. And we're gonna... uh, Yeah, I mean, I, I have a lot of questions about the seeds, and hopefully he can give us some, some good um, clear-cut clarification on those. I also have questions. Um, I, I think it's pretty obvious that um, there are no consideration for previous years uh, but I would like to talk to him about that. It's obvious that, you know, a guy like Car- Connor Hartman didn't get uh, any consideration for being an All-American in his wins last year. It's obvious Josh Kindig got no um, love for being a returning finalist. Uh, but I just want to pick his brain about that a little bit. I also want to ask him um, how the process goes. Is there any chance for a protest? Is there any chance for um, to put in some kind of uh, you know, a protest and say, "Hey, look, man, you got a, you got our guy a six. He really deserves a four because of this, this, and that." Is there any, uh, any procedure there? Um, so I think it's going to be a great show. And then after that, uh, after we meet with Jason, um, we can do our bracket breakdown. And I, I mean, can't wait to dig into that. Yeah, I can't wait. I, I filled out a few brackets, but none completely. Uh, and I can't wait to see it with the team ramifications of it are you all. doing any co- yeah the team ramifications that too are you doing any contests this year uh, i don't know are you doing any like uh getting together with your buddies and making your picks uh, i'm just trying to get do to you me. have any friends i don't so that no? makes it tough um that's two of us yeah that's okay we have each other so um it's 11 o'clock i made it and i might not make it much longer so thanks for tuning in guys and we will see you tomorrow at 9 a.m central